I'm Jerry McGreer. I'm Chris Mosier. And this is Still as Kingdom Keeps, the creepy but necessary podcast where we watch every single of the TV sh- every single episode of the TV show Merlin. Uh, with my buddy Chris. Oh my god, I'm torturing this, Chris. I don't know what yeah. I'm doing. Uh, someone put a snake on my dick and now I cannot think straight. Uh, we are back with more season five, hurtling towards the finale, series finale of Merlin, waiting for them to announce season six or at least a movie anytime now. I'm just yeah. stalking. Where's the drop? Where's the season six drop? Stalking Bradley James Twitter, just waiting for it to happen. Did you see... I wish I could remember any time somebody adds us with anything, but did you see that there was a situation where a um, very hungover Bradley James uh, was having, he was at a table with Jensen and Jared, I think. What? And uh, Jared mistook Bradley, who was very hungover at the time, as a very hungover Jensen or something. Did you did you see <laughs> what? this? I'll find this and send it to you. Anyway, he was he was very he was like I can't believe I got I got I got you know I, I, I got mistaken for a hungover J- Jensen Ackles. I will take that in a million years. I was like fuck yeah you will. Of course what you in will. The world. Oh what a world we live in. Uh, do you want to know what happened last time on Merlin? Yeah, but or I want. Wanna... Hey hey maybe let me let me ask you this, Jeremy. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Do you want to thank the patrons? I do because they 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 keep the lights on in this place and it's fun. Uh, we appreciate all the lights that we get. Uh, they also get access to this podcast early. They get access to our Discord server where you can talk about anything that you want to talk about as long as it's about hunks. And yeah. uh, they get the just the knowledge that they are, I don't know, putting some good out in the world, supporting some creative endeavors. You're helping us cook, you know what I mean? You're helping us cook a little bit, and we appreciate it. <laughs> Does that actually make you not want to? Anyway. Uh, Chris, I hope you're doing well today. I did not ask, but you can go ahead and tell us what's been going on in Merlin. Uh, I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. Uh, last time on Merlin, Morgana's hollow queen plot was finally stopped. After discovering the truth of Guinevere's condition, Arthur works with Merlin and Gaius to find a cure, but once again must turn to sorcery to save his beloved. Their travels lead them to the White Goddess, and Gwen is healed through the power of love, but not before they are accosted by Morgana and her dragon, and rescued by none other than Mordred. While all seems right once again, we are left with a single, burning question. Where was Mordred on January 6th? (laughs) Do you remember where I was? (laughs) January 26th. Um, I am looking for this tweet and I cannot find it. And and I'm so annoyed at it. Uh, Listeners, tweet it at us again, please. Please tweet it at us again. I have... um, Oh no! Then I asked everybody uh, what Winchester. <laughs> I th- what? What? Anyway, it does not matter. Um, we are covering Merlin season five, episode ten, "The Kindness of Strangers." Morgana leads a terrifying manhunt in pursuit of her old foe, Alator of the Katha, for she knows without a doubt that he can tell her exactly where to find Emerus. Merlin's life has never been in more danger. So when the mysterious Finna offers to help him, is he right to trust her? Will he find himself cornered with nowhere to run? This aired on December eighth, twenty twelve. It was written by Richard McBrien and Google thinks that this was directed by Jake Mishi, Julian Jones, Julian Murphy, Declan O'Dwyer, and Johnny Caps, which cannot possibly be true. Damn, the whole squad came through. <laughs> but I'm just gonna just gonna give credit to all of them. They've all been directing the episodes, so yay. Congratulations, everyone. Um, I think that this is the first episode where we are introduced to the polyamorous couple, uh, the triple couple that is uh, King Arthur, Guinevere, and Merlin, because Chris, yeah. there's no other way to look at this relationship at this point. They are... I think that they are uh, polycurious. I think that they are exploring the concept of it, but it has not been put into practice yet. I think, I think none of them are saying it, but it's where they're all at. Does that make sense? Absolutely, yeah. I don't think like that they Merlin have... is at the, the picnic, but it's 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 
if he were invited, he'd stay. You know what I mean? And they and they almost wish he'd ask to stay. But at the end of the day, it goes unsaid, and he's he's told to just you know buzz off for a little while. That's my interpretation. I don't think so. I think he stays. Because <laughs> you think, think he stays? <laughs> I do. I think he stays. What's for the he time. doing? Do they know that he stays? I don't. I think he's just him. He's just waiting them out, right? Like he's just like enjoying sure, the ambience. Sure, sure, like sure, as sure. long as he's. I think Arthur would probably say something like, "Sit on the other side of the tree," right? Like sit where I can't mm-hmm. see you. But like mm-hmm. he can still like hear him smooching. He can hear them flirting. He can hear him uh-huh. eating. He'll like all of a sudden like Arthur's going to be Merlin. Need some water. I think he's like. I don't, I don't know anything about poly couples. It's not something I have any experience with whatsoever, but I'm assuming that one is always the servant for the other two. I'm sure that that's correct, right? Like, that's how that works. Yeah, no, so, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so I just think that he's their, like, little, their little sub-partner, and, he's, yeah. and he loves it. He's having a great time. He's never uh-huh. felt more valued. And you can tell because Arthur just continues to fuck with them in the best way, like, throughout this entire episode. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy for him. I am. I am extremely happy for him. Uh, Arthur, as they even say in the scene, Arthur finally looks happy for once actually we're not at that scene yet because we haven't we haven't done our traditional uh dark camera following a cloaked figure in the dark opening scene just yet um and indeed we we start with a druid fleeing from morgana uh this ends up being alator i believe his name is he was the person who was recruited by morgana was it last season or earlier this season it was a while ago where she he was recruited to like torture merlin and get information and and turns out he ended up siding with Merlin because Gaius told him that he was Ember. It was a whole thing, right? Yeah, yeah. So he betrayed Morgana, uh, and now she is after him. Uh, not for revenge, but because she wants she wants the intel on uh, Emrys. And eventually he is caught while he's fleeing from her through the woods. Uh, and she plans to uh, torture him and get that info from him. I found, I f- I found the tweet. Do you want me to read it just to, just to finish it I off? Wanna, yeah, I want to hear it. I want to hear it. Uh, this is by Bradley James. A semi-true tale. Years ago, I found myself at dinner with the Supernatural team. At one point, uh, Jared Padalecki turns to me, mistaking me for Jensen, and says, Whoa, rough night? <laughs> 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 Being mistaken for a severely hungover version of Jensen Ackles remains the fourth best compliment that I've ever received. <laughs> That's very good. <laughs> and there's people underneath there saying, oh my God, my fandom colliding. So I'm just going to like all those tweets with both of our podcast yeah. accounts yeah. and see what That's we us. can do. That's us. <laughs> um, yes, all of that stuff you said is happening. And then we get our intro and now we are uh, we see our polycule riding in the woods for a picnic. Um, Arthur is complimenting Gwen's beauty, which is very nice. Uh, and then warns, I love this, Chris. When, when Merlin kind of scoffs and blames it on the horse, Arthur says it better be the horse because there are special punches reserved for, for such a behavior special what special punches <laughs> i see special, tell me more special punches uh, and then he's like i'm just kidding merlin because he's like th- again they were afraid to brush up against that line you know he's willing to do the flirt but then he has to pull it back mm-hmm. he has to say just kidding um i i do i do think it's very funny that merlin is just always invited to their picnics yes you would i just the last few episodes, particularly, we've obviously been making fun of Arthur for being incapable of doing basic things. I do feel like at a certain point, as a as a person, a self-sufficient person, and, and as a king, he would want to just completely go off alone. Um, it maybe keep like a line of guards off in the trees somewhere, but like far away, and then he goes off alone. But no, Arthur insists on bringing his man with him. Well, I mean... I mean, because he's lonely, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, Gwen's just mm-hmm. not enough for him. That's the whole point. It's like they have this yeah. this relationship between the three of them, especially since, you know, 
I think that there's a vibe here, and I don't. There's, this is not in text or anything. This is just Jeremy's headcanon that I feel like of all of them, Gwen probably realizes the most that Merlin is the one that saved her, like because it was his magic, and she mm. could probably get a vibe from him. So he, she's just like accepted him as part of their relationship now. Of like, you, you were the one responsible for us being together in the first place over several times, and now, now you're just a part of this relationship. So this started as a joke, like, and now, taking, now I'm hardcore shipping this, and I don't know how to I get out of it. I actually think, yeah, I think that it would be nice to get some recognition because he worked hard for these two. <laughs> and he never get he doesn't get any credit for like saving the world and saving Arthur, but like playing matchmaker, I feel like he should get a little love for that at yeah. least. And that's why he's invited. That's why he's the third. Um, the other thing I want to bring well, up uh, is that I, f- I find your comment hilarious that uh, King Arthur just wants to go like get away from it for a little while because like as we see, Merlin has to go like pick up something and he sees the scorch marks that Morgana created as she was chasing mm-hmm. Alator. Like the fact that this is happening just like in the same forest is fucking mind boggling to me. I know yeah. we talk a lot about how small this world is, but like how far did, from the castle is this happening at? Yep. It's cl- like they're not far. They no. are a 15 minute walk let alone ride outside yeah. of Camelot nobody noticed and this all just s- went down last night nobody noticed they, like a, like t- dozens of soldiers and Morgana throwing around fucking lightning bolts last night she was letting out flashbacks <laughs> what, was, like, what was Gawain doing what was he what dude, was every, Leon dude, the curfew the curfew in Camelot is 9pm all those like nighttime shots <laughs> where there's people outside it's, that's 8pm yeah, like, that's, that's all where like, is tucked into bed Camelot is is locked tight. Whenever you know Gwen was sneaking off into the forest, that was nine fifteen. You know that was just <laughs> after bedtime. Uh, so Merlin notices this tree and thinks that it's something going on. And Arthur is like, "It's just stag marks. Just come back, come back to our picnic, Merlin. Don't worry about stuff yeah. so much. Come back but and have then he some finds ch- a coin. Have a bite like, of I cheese. don't remember any stags carrying coins. Yes, he finds a giant coin. Uh, they go back to Camelot and they discover that refugees from Odin's land uh, have arrived because the city of Holder, maybe I, I kind of, I, I just maybe I should be Helden. putting Helden uh, was attacked, presumably by Morgana because magic was involved. Uh, Arthur orders the patrols doubled, and I'm like, yeah, come on, dude, you need to do a little bit better than that. Like we had, fucking Gandalf was outside last night, yeah. and nobody noticed. Yeah, nobody um, paid attention to that. And yeah, this the, this is in uh, a particularly confusing thing for them because this place is this Helven, this village is a place where magic is practiced freely. So why would Morgana attack it? Of course, it's because she was looking for Alator, but um, they don't know that. <laughs> they don't know it. Uh, they Gaius does not recognize the sigil, and Merlin is like, "Well, I'm going to go back to I'm going to go back and find out more information." And Gaius is like, "Why don't you take somebody with you?" And Merlin's like, "Why? <laughs> I've never done that before. Who would I take?" And he's like, "What if you run into Morgana?" He's like, "What is that going to matter? Like, what, 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 what would what would I do with someone there? It would just limit me." Um, right. Merlin goes into the forest. He finds more tree barks. He finds a bit of cloth. Eventually, he finds a makeshift camp with an abandoned horse, presumably Alator's horse. Where and Alator's diary is just all over the place. Uh, and it's just like torn up or whatever. And so he brings it back to the lab. Uh, Gaius can't read it, but he can see Alator's signature and realizes like, oh, that's what Morgana is afterwards. Like Morgana knows that Alator knows who Emrys is. So she's coming after you. Ba, 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 ba. And cut over to Morgana, who has captured Alator. And he's like, you can't torture me. My, my, my body is too strong. I'm immune to torture. And then she pulls out the fucking snake thing that sucked out Elian's soul through his cock. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. She brings that sucker back. <laughs> Gotta got, got remind everybody that this snake attaches directly to the tip of your penis and sucks out your soul through it. Uh, and not in a good way. Not in a pleasurable way. Not this in is, a good way. No, 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 no. That's not a euphemism. 
I like there's a couple of things I like here that I want to mention. Number one, the castle that Morgana is set up in is like this cliffside castle, like all covered in forest. And I just, uh, please let me live there. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, the second thing is when he's doing his whole routine of like, you will never, I have, I have been trained. You cannot, you cannot harm my body in such a way to break me. And she's like, it's not your body. I'm interested in it. I just wanted Alator to be like, I have also been a nerd from insults from ladies that look like you. <laughs> like just a real, like Alator is like this weird incel kind of guy. I'm like, yeah. I am also, that's okay that you're not interested in my body. Cause I am not interested in anybody's body. Like that kind of situation. Would be oh very God, Alator. And then she puts a snake on his cock. And then she puts a snake on his cock and he is being tortured. And that's, that's a bummer. Uh, no, but she does say, she's like, well, I'm not going to break your body. Don't worry about that. I'm just going to break your mind. Yeah. Um, in the morning, cut back over to Arthur. Uh, he wants to surprise Gwen with breakfast in bed and some flowers. But of course, it's Merlin who has to do all the work for this. Uh, and in fact, he he runs out to get <laughs> to get the flowers. Uh, and that's when he runs into another cloaked figure. Um, this woman, she calls him Emrys, so she's clearly a druid. And um, she tells him very cryptically that a great battle approaches and his king's enemies approach. Uh, and he must um, meet her alone tonight in some ruins, some fucking ancient druidic temple that's, you know, right outside the stables of Camelot. Um, she's got to meet her there. Come alone. Don't bring anybody. We got to talk. I, I swear um, I would I would have bet money that she had said, meet me at the temple. Or excuse me, meet me at the tavern. Because that's what I wrote down in my notes. I thought, that's where I, people should be meeting. I, I agree. Uh, that's way less conspicuous than like the one druidic ruin that's within walking distance of, of Camelot. Let's maybe not meet there because they always check there. That's always the first place they look. Also, uh, the scene with Arthur telling merlin to go get breakfast uh there's just this really great moment where merlin's like he's like oh you're doing breakfast in bed okay well like i'll see you later he's like where are you going and he's like i you surely you don't need me for this right like i've got the morning <laughs> off and she's like no you got to go get the breakfast like why she's like what if she wakes up and panics <laughs> it's just <laughs> arthur thinking that gwen will just be frightened out of her wits waking up alone one day is hilarious when like they this is the first time we've ever seen her sleep in his bed <laughs> I think this is very new for them. This is very it's new for very, them. Very so he doesn't know how to handle it. Um, so after Merlin is approached, of course, he forgot the, the flowers. Mm -hmm. But he runs back up and he gives Arthur the breakfast without the flowers. But they have, she's, he's drawn the curtain around the bed. So when Merlin comes in, it's like he's being a little rude. He didn't knock. Um, but I just <laughs> love that Arthur's reaction is to ask Merlin what he's doing in the royal chamber. <laughs> like he's not there all the time. Like he's literally, he, he's in there more than you. He's in there he all the time. He tucks you in at night. <laughs> he's still tucking him in. He goes to bed next to his wife, and Merlin's tucking him in. He's like, "When need a tuck?" And she's like, "No thanks. No, no I'm thanks. good. I'm a. I'm just a normal person. I'm not I'll been born a myself, prince. Thanks. I can just tuck myself in. Thank you very much." And Merlin's like, "You got that servant's blood. I see." I she's see. like, "That makes." Me uncomfortable. Don't, don't fucking say that. Don't like, like, what? I got a two. I have a two. <laughs> poor, poor, poor Gwen and Merlin. Yeah. Uh, Gwen does tell him thank you <sighs> because she realizes what's going on, which is nice. Uh, meanwhile, Gaius identifies the tattoo on this druid woman, uh, who is Finna, um, as a mark of the. She's Finna what? She's Finna what? Uh, <laughs> Never mind. I'm not going to go there. Um, she is the mark of the Binduri, I believe I'm saying that correctly. A symbol of a, uh, a subset of like druids, these druidic it, girls. I put it in my notes that she's basically she's a priestess, but she's not a high priestess. Exactly. Like she studied. Yeah. She studied the same thing that Morgana did, but she couldn't. She couldn't hack it. Yeah. She yeah. didn't graduate. She's she's level one versus Morgana's mm -hmm. level like twenty. 
yeah. and Merlin is like, oh, yeah, this this chick was definitely warning me about something and definitely warning me about Mordred. <laughs> and the guy is like, oh, I think it's yeah, it's definitely I, was Mordred. <laughs> I don't I don't think it's I don't think it's Mordred. Like, it seems really weird. Like, I think it's probably just a trap. Like, if like I think uh, uh, uh Altoro, what is his name? Alatro? Alator. Alator. I think Alator told Morgana Cilantro. who, who yeah. yeah, who you are. And now this is the whole thing is a trap so she can get to you. And she's like, he's like, I beg you, please do not do this. If you have any kind of concern for me. Please do not go go and do this trap. And and Merlin's like, fine. Um, and we, you know, at this point, we don't really know what Finna is Finna do. So we see her at this temple doing some weird spell. We see her attaching a, a letter, and when she specifically says the words Morgana Pendragon during the spell, it gives it gives the Raven the letter. Raven f- flies off. So we think she's kind of doing some evil shit. But I think everybody yeah. looks at this woman and says she's she's definitely not evil. She's definitely not evil. I don't know what she's up to, but she's probably not evil. It's like in um, every every new show, if you see somebody, if you see if the entire cast is using iPhones and you have one Android user, that's the villain. Like that's because Apple doesn't let the villains use iPhones in media. Yeah, so yeah. It'll actually it will, it will ruin like murder mystery plots for you really quickly (laughs) is that actually fucking true yeah what was that um rian johnson uh i might be saying his name incorrectly uh i think it's just ryan i don't think ryan johnson i've often i've often overthought it but i think it's just ryan spelled weird what was that movie that he did knives Um, out um if you if you watch knives out and you're like who's the killer just look for the person not using an iphone that is Absurd. I'm sorry that I'm sorry that I'm called. I watched the second one twice. I liked it so much. I can't remember what it's called. Glass but, yeah, I'm gonna have to the, watch it again. Glass Onion is the second one, and yeah, there we go. Uh, and, and it will also ruin a movie. It's not quite wow. as obvious on that one, but yeah, wow. it's it's a very funny thing. That, so it'll just just ruin media for you. Uh, anyway, um, oh look who's snitching! Wow, big surprise. Gaius goes to Arthur, and he says, "Hey, I'll." There's a bond of confidentiality between doctor and patient, also king and subject, and I would like to snitch on a priestess that came up to me, and I want her to die. Here's where she's supposed to be meeting tonight. You should go there and have her executed. Wow, Gaius, you don't even know what this chick's deal is yet. You know, there's so much wrong with this, and we'd get, like, a small comeuppance about this later. But man, like it's just to, not to cement all of my negative thoughts about Gaius into one fucking like permanent aspect, I guess. Just one permanent thought in my brain. It was like this guy fucking sucks. Like he just fucking sucks. He will try to do the ro- right thing even surrounded by evidence that it's the wrong thing. Like he will sell out his friend but trying to protect his friend even though he should know by this point. He's been with Merlin for like 7 years. Merlin can fucking deal with this shit on his own. Like you yeah. should just help him do whatever he wants to do because that is the way this shit works. And that never happens and it's so frustrating that he tattletales to Arthur about we're, this. We're getting to this point of it's like I don't know if you want to call this dramatic irony or like we always know that like somebody is conspiring against Merlin and he doesn't know it. But at this point, every one of his quote unquote friends is against him in some way, shape or form. Not they don't know that they are, but his friends are no longer his friends in terms of the plot and in terms of what he's trying to accomplish long term. The knights, it feels like especially Gwen, like Gwen was his buddy and it just it, he feels like he's like he's a company man now you know he's on the payroll and so he doesn't have time for merlin and that's a little unfair of Gwen because he's barely in the freaking show anymore but <laughs> all those guys like they aren't his friends maybe once upon a time they were but they don't act like his friends they have authority over him 
and they and they act on that sometimes, even though the most of the time it's just messing with him. Meanwhile, there's Arthur who never listens to anything he says, or he's constantly having to um, steer Arthur away from from doing the wrong thing. And then Gaius is going behind his back and snitching. Gwen doesn't even act like he exists anymore. Like all jokes aside about everything, it's like. They used to be really good friends. They aren't really friends anymore. There is a friendliness, certainly, but I just I and I think most of this is the confines of the show. But it feels like the grip is tightening closer and closer around Merlin. Mm-hmm. He has nowhere he can turn to at any time. And even at the end of this episode, is he going to lose that dragon too? Yeah, he's going to be completely alone. And I can very much see this pushing Merlin to this extreme desperate point by the end of this show. And I don't know what's going to happen. But I imagine just the tightening of that grip is it's getting it's getting too intense. Uh, we go from here to a scene in the and I guess in the armory or the where the soldiers are getting ready, and the knights mm. are getting ready, uh, and they just have this little fun game where they're playing keep away with Gawain's helmet because they're all taller than Gawain somehow. Even Mordred is getting <laughs> in on this, um, and Arthur arrives and like catches it, catches the helmet mid mid flight, and like Leon is like, "Oh, sorry, sir, we were just." And, he, and then you know Arthur kind of participates a little bit, throws it back to Leon, and he's like, "Ah, ha, ha, everyone likes to make fun oh. of Gawain." Uh, and then he pulls Mordred aside to for for some whispering, and of course, you know. Merlin is eyeballing this from across the room. Um, and then later that night, Gaius serves Merlin his favorite food, uh, which just looks like mush in a cup, and says, it's really good that you not you didn't go see that woman. And of course, we know what's going to happen. Merlin waits yeah. till Gaius is asleep. Here's dude, he's, stu- he's up stewing. He's up he stewing. stewing. He doesn't dude. even lay in the bed. He is sitting up stewing, just waiting for the sawhorses in Gaius's nose to go off. He's just waiting for that horrible croaking sound that Gaius makes when he's, asle- when he's asleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, you know he go- makes his way to the temple where this old woman is waiting for him. Yeah. Uh, Chief says, like, you know, Alator told me who you are uh, and sent me with a warning. He says, what's up? But he also says, watch out. He says, what's up? And he says, watch out. There's just two. And Merlin's like, this yeah. seems this seems like you could have told me that earlier. Why did I have to come to the temple? Yeah, you could have easily said all this stuff. Yeah. This Real is, quick, you could have said it. Yeah. We just we, we had an opportunity. Um, and sensible warning about a great battle and tells him that only Emerus can, quote, endure the triumph of the once and future king. Or, excuse me, ensure. Uh, and then, of course, Mordred arrives with all of the knights, uh, and Merlin and Finna have to Finna get out of here. Yeah, uh, yeah. And Merlin does some kind of baller magic here, where he... Um, it- Dude, I couldn't believe it. He's straight up fighting the knights. There was a part of me for like half a second thought, like, is this going to be a turning point where he can't go back to Camelot or something? Like, is he has to be on the run, and we're gonna he's going to be gone for like two episodes? I didn't obviously know. But um, yeah, him having to fight these knights in the dark, and that's what I mean. It's like, I the knights, of course, aren't supposed to be painted as evil but they are antagonists to merlin and he has to consistently deal with them and at this point where he's not just trying to like get one over on them he's straight up blasting them and and causing explosions of fire and stuff he knocks Uh, arms on his ass dude arms goes down uh and then as they like uh is a fire start he like makes a firewall like a literal wall of fire to block their progress while uh finnum is able to escape um it's it's kind of crazy, dude. And we still don't know yeah. uh, until this next scene that Finna is on the up and up. But uh, it turns out the raven that she sent goes to Alator in his cell. Uh, and the note just says that their mission continues. So now we know she wasn't actually sending a message to Mor- Morgana, but to yeah. Alator. So now we know we can trust her. Um, Mordred heads back over to Arthur and who is like, y'all lost one old lady. And Mordred's like, well, there was like... 
two people there, okay? <laughs> or there's like, y'all have yeah. like 18 guys. Like, what do you... Yeah. Like, fan out. Why did that one wall of fire stop all 18 of you? Yeah. How long How long? <laughs> why, was... you, why are you going single file? <laughs> did, the, did the wall of fire extend to the edge of the kingdom, aka yeah. three leagues away? Like, what do yeah. you... You could just walk around it? Is your armor not fireproof? You could have just jumped through it. Uh, hop but... through it. Close your eyes and hop through. Uh, and then we crash into this scene where, where Gaius is just like kind of apologizing to Merlin. Like we kind of, we kind of hit it in the middle of them talking about Merlin it. Merlin knew he snitched so fucking bad. Dude. Oh yeah. He was like, I don't, you don't even have to say it. I, I saw what happened last night. I was involved in this incident and I know it's cause you snitched. And it's really frustrating to me here because, and, and I know like, they're not going to explore the depths of Gaius's depravity in this show. That's ostensibly yeah. made for, you know, kids and teenagers and adults who, uh, you know, just need something else in their lives besides their jobs, aka me. I'm all of those things. Uh, but it's really frustrating because Gaia says, you know, I because of me. He, Merlin says, like, hey, I, because of me, her life is in danger. And Gaia is like, not because of you, but because of me. I acted like a foolish old man. And Merlin kind of crumples at this comment. He's like, oh, never that. You he, and he seems to he goes over, gives him a hug, and is like, you know, you're you know kind of gives him at least not a maybe not forgiveness but at least a willing to forget this stuff and it just it just lets him off the hook so easily like Gaius is showing some genuine remorse for this but like it's not the first time you've done this old man like yeah. you have done and this they your did, entire they didn't do life it for, yeah they didn't do it for character consequences they did it for a plot thing exactly so now yeah. Finn is on the run again and like Merlin's gonna have to chase after her and all this stuff so. but we doubled the patrols so why do we oh perfect why do we this need classic <laughs> Uther line <laughs> Double the patrol. Double what, the do you, patrol. what does that mean? I'm just saying, double. If they they doubled the patrols, they could have just busted uh, um, Merlin and, and they did. We, they, we didn't need this weird Gaius plot, and it just makes it makes me think that somebody on the writers uh, team just hates Gaius as much as we do. To be honest yeah, with you, I feel you. Um, Alator is brought back before Morgana, uh, who says that he does not fear death. Uh, Morgana does this great thing that I like when someone starts talking a whole lot. She just like rolls her eyes. She's like, I don't, I don't really yeah. care about any yeah, of this. Enough, enough. Um, <laughs> and he says, uh, I will pass into the other world, happy with the knowledge that you will never find Imrus. He is your destiny and your doom. Uh, but of course, the guards found his letter from Finna, and Morgana says, "You go find her, and I'm going to break her mind completely." And she says, "Enjoy mm-hmm. your other world," and just fucking TKs him to death. And there goes yeah. Alator. Uh, wow! I love this scene where she like walks back to her throne and just sits there, and like there's just a guy there looking at Alator's dead body. And, like you can kind of tell he's just looking around, going like, "What do I? Am I supposed does, to get rid does, of this, does she or? want? Does she want to like leave this here? Like, is this a skeleton decomposing situation, or is this like a cleanup? Like, I don't really know what the what the deal is. She's just sitting there. Yeah, she's just <laughs> she just sitting. There. She's just looking. Like, she ain't got the TV on or nothing. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know exactly what's going on. You, sometimes she's scribbling in she's a little posing, book. dude. She's just waiting. Yeah, she's just, she's she posing. doesn't care. She's just waiting. I needed to do more posing in my personal life when nobody's looking. Even alone, yeah, dude. Do it. You do it for you. You don't do it for anybody else. You do it for you. People That's tell you starts. to dance like nobody's looking, but maybe you should pose like everybody's pose. looking. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, dude. If you post up and you're totally by yourself, that's you know. I don't. Hey, I don't use this term lightly, but that's that's swag. <laughs> that's that's fucking swag. <laughs> um, okay, Finna is out in the woods still. She is hiding from the knights. Um, and then we cut over to Merlin, who is now this is you know this is the next morning, mm-hmm. and Merlin is just back out there, and and he is following the marks that she's left on trees. He also has to try and hide from the knights as he's going about this area. He even has a sword on him. This is a whole thing. Yeah. But then he's like immediately he gets caught by Percival. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, again, everybody feels kind of antagonistic. They believe him when he lies and says that he's out here gathering herbs. Um, but the knights are like, dude, this place is extremely dangerous. We got like wizard fugitives on the loose. You have to stick with us. We're not letting you off on your own. Um, and unfortunately, at the same time, Morgana and her men have now found Finna's trail. They're tracking her as well. They Everything's so close. She's just right down in the street. It was only a matter of time. Yeah. Um, there's a moment here where Merlin's pretending to pick up herbs, and, and that's why he's out here. And, uh, you know... <laughs> It's like he's like this seems like a, uh, Pete Percival is like this seems like a weird place to um, mm. pick up herbs. He's like you didn't mind when we were curing your scoliosis or something, and all the knights are like, oh. And Percival was like, it's not real scoliosis, and they're like, yeah, it is. Oh! And Merlin was like, actually, it was something worse than that. I just said that to spare you. <laughs> I just I love this camaraderie between where they're just Damn. roasting one another all the time. It's just, yeah, we need more roast oh, in the world. Um, yeah, we get a lot of. Uh, Oh no! The knights loser as well. They 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 lose track of of uh, Fena. So Leon just makes the call to make a camp that night and go continue in the morning. Uh, and of course Merlin does his classic. I'm going to wait till everyone's asleep and tries to leave. And Mordred catches him. Uh, Mordred, who is kind of automatically suspicious of Merlin, and says, "You know, I know that if you're out here risking your neck, getting caught, it must be important." And he calls back to the line that he said at the end of the last episode which is and he says a problem shared i understand mm. as if to say like we're we're commodity we were comrades in this like we know each other's secret and i can i can help you in this if you just trust me and yeah. Merlin is like he's he, you can tell he's kind of caught off guard by this he like gives a, like an awkward like thank you and then like disappears but he can tell like he's like thinking like maybe maybe this dude is on the up and up <laughs> like mm-hmm. maybe maybe mm-hmm. I could maybe he would actually help me and maybe this would be a, a boon to me yeah but um of all the people to get caught by also Mordred maybe not the one you want to get caught by but um True. I just you can I can feel the tension building because for every bad thing there's a good thing um, for every time that uh, Mordred comes in to rescue you, there's a question of where he was on the day of the Capitol riots. You know, there's just a lot that we don't know about Mordred. Um, I need I need to know more. We only have like four episodes left in this fucking series. I gotta know more. And and finally, Merlin is able to sneak off and yes. catch up with Finna. But within like seconds, Morgana's men are upon them. Yep. They, they they get barely anything to t- to to talk about, and then the bandits uh, attack them, or the Morgana soldiers attack them. Merlin's able to knock back two of them pretty quickly using magic, and but he get, takes a crossbow bolt to the uh, to the stomach. Uh, Finna uses magic to blow off the third one and uh, lays Merlin down, jerks out the bolt, and then like pulls him back up again. And I'm like, why are you making this dude move around so much? <laughs> this is mean. It's too much. It's too much. Uh, and she's like, we got to get to this watchtower. Uh, and they they make their way over there. She checks it out. It's safe. Um, and they, she drags him in. Um, meanwhile, Morgana is hot on the trail. She finds the, her men kind of passed out They're Obviously they're not openly wounded. So she knows magic was involved. She still doesn't know Merlin is involved. So she assumes Finna is on her own, um, and finds blood on the ground. So she knows Finna has been wounded. Uh, meanwhile, Finna tells Merlin that the reason she knows about this hideout is because she spent her l- a lifetime running from Uther, so she knows where to hide. Yeah. Uh, and he does his classic, like, it won't always be like this. And she goes, I know, that's why I was sent, to help you make it so. Um, and I had, you know, this is, <laughs> it's just real hard to separate Uther from all of this. Like, I don't, uh. yeah. Yeah. especially when Arthur yeah. is like, you know, oh, I, thank you, Gaius, for telling me information about this woman. Let's let's murder her with a, with a group the of dudes. Yeah, double the <laughs> patrols. Um, 
But whatever. Uh, and also Merlin, we should mention Merlin is not looking great here. Like he's, no, she's, he's not looking great. Also, I don't know if we said it earlier, but earlier when uh, Finna met him, she calls Merlin great one. Yes. So Emrys, yeah. you know, he's capital um, W warlock. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> had to had to think for a second. I was like, what letter does warlock be? <laughs> <laughs> it's a big dub, bro. It's a big dub. It's a huge dub. It's a huge dub. Um, but yeah, this is this is more more of the destiny stuff. They all seem to believe that Emrys is going to be the one who helps the once and future king guide Camelot into a, a better future. Um, if history has anything to say about that, magic isn't currently practiced in the modern day, so I don't think this plan is going to be very successful. <laughs> Doesn't who knows what could have happened between now and then, Chris? Hey, you, you want to really you really want to break your brain? Maybe all of the King Arthur stuff happens in our future and not in our past. Ah! I actually love that. I love that theory. <laughs> I tell you, did I tell you I listened to a? Um, it was a podcast about uh, fandom. Um, and they had a, a, a guest on it that had written for Supernatural, so I listened to it, uh, and it just so, like, they casually mentioned Merlin, um, the host did, as, like, that's one of the shows that she likes, and I, I looked at her Twitter page, and she runs an audio drama podcast that is apparently based on King Arthur, um, I need to go find what it's, what it's called, but, uh, it, it's like, what if Arthur did not like any of this Destiny stuff, and he was actively trying to get out of it? <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. It was. It was very funny. So, I love a good what if. And what if Merlin got some fucking respect and wasn't bleeding out here in this goddamn tower in the middle of nowhere? So, the sword and the stoner. That's what it's called. Excellent. Yeah, and I did not Excellent. listen to it. I have no idea if it's good or not, but yeah, absolutely. Anyway, uh, Merlin is in this is in this tower. Um, and she's, and he's like, why are you helping me? Like they, they secure each other and they secure themselves in a room. And she's like, Katha, Katha has guarded their ancient knowledge for hundreds of years, but now we have to pass it to you so you can protect Arthur. And she hands him a box and is like, you need to guard this carefully. Uh, Morgana, meanwhile, uh, has arrived at the watchtower. Her goons are going up the stairs. And Finna says, uh, Alator has told me one more thing. Uh, do not let Morgana put the snake on your dick. Uh, it's a very bad yeah. thing. He, that was the one thing he very specifically mentioned. I don't know if that's a metaphor or... <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure exactly. Alator was fond of metaphor and poetry. He was always writing stuff down. But I don't I don't really... Maybe this was like... Yeah. I don't know. Do you know anything about this? Do you know what this is? <laughs> Yeah, one of our buddies got that. It happened, one, it happened to a guy I know. He's never been the same. <laughs> and then she's like, oh, yeah, one one other thing. Sorry, my bad. Um, don't make the same mistake as Arthur. Do not trust the druid boy, Mordred. Yeah. Uh, and she she guides him to go up the stairs. So, to now, the so I thought it was just Merlin being a hater. It turns out mortred has got a lot of haters. Mortred has, Mortred has a lot <laughs> of haters. Left you hanging there for a second. Yeah, I was curious. I was like, uh, should, I, should, I, uh, should I jump? No, okay. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I like I like the idea that like even these druids are like fuck this guy, <laughs> fuck this one dude in particular. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she tells uh Merlin to go up to the roof, uh, and she will because she knows Morgana thinks that she's alone, so she can sacrifice herself and get him basically allow him to escape. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he doesn't want to at first, uh, and she says it's my destiny. I got to do it. Uh, I don't need anything else from you. And he turns around to leave. She goes, "Oh wait, I need, I need that sword. Actually, I need. Yeah, I said nothing, but I, I meant, I meant that blade. And um, can I get like your left shoe? I don't, I don't know. Like I'm, yeah. like I'm about to die. Who cares what you? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah, just give I get me one ask, right? Give I me mean, the left shoe, Merlin. Like, what do you? Come on, Emerus, great one. What do you? What do you? Tie, yeah. Are you married to your shoe? Are you, <laughs> are you too good for one shoe? I mean, come on. Uh, he, she takes the sword. Uh, Merlin has this moment with her where he he looks at her and then he turns around to leave. Uh, and then Morgana and her men come 
into the watchtower. They're looking everywhere. Merlin climbs out of the window onto the onto the onto the roof. He is looking in incredibly bad shape. No idea how he's going to get out of this. He's gushing right now, dude. Uh, Morgana finally found finally finds Finna, who basically immediately kills herself before Morgana can do anything about it. Uh, yeah, and Morgana's like so shocked by this like that's not at all because she's just been so easily been able to manipulate people and use people and finna is just like uh-uh not me <laughs> it's extremely funny dude like you would think that it would be i don't know you think that she would like immediately come in and just like tk this chick to the ground and be like you can't you're not holding a sword yeah. <laughs> but no but i guess that this this shows us how committed people are to emerus and to this destiny that she doesn't know merlin really on a personal level uh so the fact that she's willing to go this far to protect him is is i mean i guess it's supposed to tell us something also you know she heard about the snake thing and she's like i don't even want to explore what that's like for me so i'm just gonna i'm gonna end it here and now and i think morgana is probably just so she just does not expect this woman to do this. Like she's so not not threatened by her that she doesn't even see the the um, the stab coming. Absolutely, yeah, agreed. She just has no. She she doesn't even like like how, like who are you to to kill yourself mm-hmm. in front of me? She's she's almost offended by this. She's like, she's how dare offended. you? How dare you? I'm a Morgana yeah. Pinterest. Like how dare you kill yourself in my how presence? Dare you? Um, as the moon comes out of the clouds above this watchtower, uh, Merlin, seemingly with his last breath, calls for the dragon, who uh, Kilgar comes and picks him up, uh, and then stares at his sleeping body and all night long until Merlin wakes up, uh, yeah. completely healed. And the dragon's like, "Hey, he's just Merlin's like, have you been, you been just staring at me, bro? What's you've been, the, up, you've been up all night. Do or? I need to? Do I need to like specifically command you not to do that in the future? Because I could, I'm a dragon lord. I could make you not do yeah. that, but I didn't think I had to actually say it. This is a little weird if I have to say it. But here he notices something is wrong with the dragon, and it's not that he was just watching him sleep all night. Um, Something is like wrong with his wing. Mm-hmm. Um, he just—he's not—he's not operating the way that he normally does, and uh, the dragon's just like, "Yeah, man, I'm just—I'm getting old. My time has almost come. I know that you think that I'm a little spring chicken, but I was underneath that castle for quite a long time, and I lived a long time before that. Um, and yeah, it's—I it's, do wonder if this is the last time that we'll see this dragon again. Um, but Merlin has is really, really running out of allies in in his fight here because he can't tell anybody what's going on, and every time he tells Gaius something, Gaius uses it against him by accident mm-hmm. or on purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and Merlin just asks the dragon, like, "What am I going to do without you?" And Kilgara just says, "You will remember me." Merlin asks, "If will I see you again?" But the dragon just flies away and does not answer i really love it when people just don't like if you ask me a question if you're like hey jeremy when do you want to get together next and i just turn around and walked away it'd be the weirdest fucking thing in the world it's powerful it's a a bold move my man it is a bold move uh and merlin brings this box that he got from finna back to gaius um it's this also bothers me a little bit uh i'm I'm tired as you can as listeners can probably tell i'm tired of gaius as this like um any sort of like father figure or like uh parental unit to merlin i feel like merlin's past this so when merlin like hands him the box and like gaius opens it and sees a letter and it's sealed and i'm like surely he's going to give this sealed letter back to the great one (laughs) the great warlock who presumably (laughs) it's addressed to no 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 no. gaius just pops the seal like it's an nbd and just like starts reading this prophecy did you write down the whole prophecy by any chance i think I did um let me see da, da, da. let loose 
the hounds of war, and let the dread fire of the last priestess rain down from angry skies. For brother will slaughter brother, for friend will murder friend, as the great dawn sounds a cold dawn at Camlin. The prophets do not lie. There, Arthur will meet the end upon that mighty plain. Uh-oh. And Merlin says, so many have suffered for so that I may hear this. This is some serious stuff. I wonder if it's ripped directly from... Um, I feel like Let Loose the Hounds of War and uh, yeah, Angry Skies. You know, like, it's, it's, it's pretty fucking good. Uh, I feel like this is definitely something. But the, the, the Wikipedia, the, the wiki page doesn't mention anything about it, which seems a little strange to me. So I don't, I don't know. Um, they... Merlin's kind of bummed out about this, and Gaius is like, hey, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking that your destiny is more than one man can handle, uh, but there is no one more capable than you, Merlin. You will not fail. Wow. And I'm you like, should start acting like it then, Gaius. Yeah, Gaius, where was this, like, 40, 45 days ago or whatever? Um, and just then, bells begin to ring across the castle. We smash cut to the knights, bringing back a body. Obviously a knight. We don't know who it is. Uh, and as they bring him into the lab, they pull back the sheet, and this dude's skin has grown over his face until he is this suffocated. Is so intense. This is so intense out of nowhere. I love it. I love this body horror nonsense. It's yeah. so good. Um, Arthur arrives and Gaius is like, this was done by magic. And Arthur is like, you're a fucking idiot. Like, I know that. I can fucking tell. I can like, fucking tell. I don't think it's the measles. skin don't just grow over his whole face like that. <laughs> yeah, this dude didn't get neoed for nugget fucking, yeah. just by, because he picked up a, the wrong herb, Gaius. Like, I know this. Yeah. Um, and but he, like he kind of looks like a toe. He kind of just looks like a horrible. Mo- like I, I love it. I love it. It's so good. Um, yeah, it's so good. But this is this is the ultimate warning. Gaius explains. This is um, a high priestess signaling to her enemies that she is declaring war. And in fact, this this means Morgana has officially declared war on Camelot. And uh, that's it for this episode, and it ends. Um, and we see in the next episode. I, I don't really know what everything that's happening, but it looks like Mordred has a girlfriend. He's got that. GF. Mordred has a girlfriend, and he's pissed off at Merlin. And he's and he's mad. Um, Ninety nine problems for real. Uh, this is a great episode. Like this, this you know, season five continues to be really good. Now that we've dealt with Gwen. Um, Gwen's brainwashing. It's a shame that they still can't figure out what to do with her. Like she's barely in this episode. As just she barely be... gets to be a character. Even with the brainwashing, she's not Gwen. She's just a plot device. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, um, it's a bummer. And and it's the same complaint I have about the knights. Like nobody really gets to do anything. And I, I this isn't so much as a, a complaint. I get it. I get we're trying to to move forward as fast as possible and and get a satisfying conclusion to this. But the show has so many great characters, and I hope that everybody gets another moment before we finish this. Yeah, I agree. Because I, 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 there's like the knights alone. Like I would actually really appreciate like a like a weird. Because we did this with Sam and Dean from time to time, where like um, and it was some of my favorite episodes in the series where we see other people experiencing Sam and Dean, and I would kind of like a a knight's view where we just go from the perspective of Can we get an episode that's just all knights it's just all knights like and they and Ar- they just see like arthur coming in and yelling something or they just see Merlin doing something really weird and they look at each other <laughs> you know what i'm talking about like it'd be real fun yeah. i don't yeah. think there's time enough for like because i think again we only have three or four episodes left so i don't think there's yeah. time to do that yeah. but it'd be it would be really exciting to me um but i like this episode a lot it's good yeah me too i'm exci- uh, excited for more merlin me too me too i we're getting real close so Man, after all these years, I'm finally going to finish the show. You're going to finish Merlin. How does it feel, Chris? How do you? I'm excited. I'm excited. As a reminder, if you want to send in some feedback, uh, you are more than welcome to do that. We're going to talk about uh, your opinions on the show and about the podcast on our feedback episode. And I've booked a uh, fun guest for that. So uh, look out for that. If you want to send feedback, um, 
what is the best way to do that? Subscribe to our Patreon. That's probably the best way. <laughs> uh, talk to <laughs> us on Twitter at his kingdom keeps. I'll look at that Twitter account sometimes. Uh, DM me on Discord if we're Discord buddies. Uh, DM us on Twitter. You can also just email us. Um, I think it's Monster of the Week Podcast at gmail.com. Go go do all of that stuff and send us your thoughts and feelings. Uh, we'll be back next week with Mordred's GF. Oh, weird episode. Howdy, partner. Howdy. What the Sam Hill darn tootin' are you doing out here? Oh, you know, just looking at the Merlin wiki for the very first time. <laughs> oh yeah, you haven't been in, you haven't been through that before. I um I avoided it in the past because I didn't want spoilers. But I was just looking up. I couldn't remember Alator's name, even though I wrote it down. I thought I'm sitting here. Let me just remember Alator's name. Mm. Um. Just started scrolling through it, and I thought, "Hmm, this is quite a. This it feels like. I mean this in a very positive way. It feels like an, a relic of old internet. Whenever I go on to one of these things, now accessing a fandom page on mobile, you're not doing it. Not good. It's not, not happening. Yeah. It's going to play eleven videos, and there's going to be so many ads, you're not going to be able to see anything. But going on um, the web browser, which I still had ads, I could actually access the website. And I don't know, like the the background image that they used, it felt very Angel Fire. Again, that's a compliment. Maybe they wouldn't take it as a compliment, but to me, that's a compliment. I spend a lot of time on the fandom wiki because that's where I get mm-hmm. like the cast list and everything. And I've always, I've long admired the um, like early two thousands esque AMV aura that the background image has. Like, I love mm-hmm. the fact. I'm assuming that we're looking at the same one, like the like the banner at the top. Um, yeah, yeah. I, lo- I love that. There's like on the left hand side, it's Arthur. And Merlin like looking off to the left, to the right, and then like mm-hmm. right next to that Merlin, he's cut off, and then it's, there's just another Merlin right next to it, yeah. shooting That's what some it's magic. All about, man. And then beside him, there's there's a third Merlin, this time from far back, and he's running. <laughs> and then go a little bit more to the right, and there's a fourth Merlin. There's four That's Merlins fourth and Merlin. three Arthurs in this banner, oh. and there's more than two characters on Merlin. <laughs> they it's didn't so have to do this. It's so good. Uh, it's I don't know. I used to visit the dark tower.net every single day in middle school. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I thought I was going to find on there. I would look at like fan art and stuff and just, I don't know if that, that was my source of news for like when's book seven coming out or whatever it was. I was waiting on. Um, I had a t-shirt from the dark tower.net said all what? hail the Crimson King on the front. Fuck Something yeah, about dude. the dark tower on the back. It was uh, I wore that to school, man. <laughs> I love that dude. I love that. <laughs> I, I rocked a something awful shirt for a long period of my twenties. So uh, I mean, it did say like it was just a white shirt and in black text that said "The internet makes you stupid," um, which yeah. is very funny coming from an internet forum. Uh, and, 
but yeah, like it was a good shirt. I, I'll stand by it. Uh, and it eventually yeah. just I wore it so much that it just wore to rags. Unfortunately, I have. I think I might still have my my Dark Tower shirt somewhere. I think every couple of months, at least once a year, I go through my dresser and get rid of old T-shirts because God knows I have a million of them. Um, but there's certain ones where I'm like, I'm not going to get rid of this. Like my first Smith shirt that I got when I was like 16, it might as well be a size small that I will never <laughs> wear that again. But I just remember thinking, like, I loved that shirt so much when I got it. So I can't get rid of it. Uh, and I'm pretty sure the, the Crimson King shirt is, is in that tier of shirts that I will never wear again, but I can't get rid of. Autumn desperately wants me to clean out my um, dresser full of like old shit that I'll never wear. But and it, I was thinking about it the other day. Like a lot of the t-shirts that I wear, uh, or that I have traditionally worn, were always like video game shirts I got from Babbage's mm-hmm. because I was working at Babbage's and I would just steal the pre-order bonuses from yeah. people. <laughs> um, and then it became like after a while, it was like there was of course band shirts, um, but they were then it became podcast shirts. Uh, so like oh, I would yeah. a, a podcast would release a shirt, I'd be like, oh, I got to put that. a skelly on your belly. You know, got to put a skelly on the belly. And I I I feel like I, I like stuff. Like the shirts that I always wanted to wear would be stuff that nobody would ever recognize for some reason. Like that was always mm-hmm. the vibe that I was going for. Is just like I don't want anybody to know where the shirt could possibly come from. Yeah. Um, but now I don't know. Now I don't know what to do. Now I'm a grown man and I have no idea what to wear. My fashion sense is atrocious. Yeah, I'm a lot of whack because I leaned really, really hard into everything. I, as I've said before, like I would just I feel like I was keeping myself a secret for a very long time. Like my interests, like mm-hmm. anime and video game. Like I just didn't want people to know that I liked that stuff because I didn't want to like be made fun of. And um, but as I became a, a grown man, I was like, no, I don't give a fuck. Nobody's gonna make fun of me. Who gives a shit? So I really leaned into that. But then, kind of coming up tail end of my twenties and then into my thirties, I'm like, that was too much of my identity. I think I was clinging too hard onto this superficial. I'm a fan of these things type of wardrobe. Sure. Uh, and now I'm trying to back away from that again. <laughs> It's um, it can be a little rough, dude. Like I don't, I I have a so I'm going to Portland in um, what week is it? Oh my God, I'm going to Portland not this weekend, but next weekend, which seems, seems weird. And you know, we're this is like it's a social event that we are going to with some like people our age. Uh, and I have no idea what to wear. Like I just yeah. have no clue. Autumn was like, now is the time we need to start ordering you like some clothes if you're gonna if you're gonna order if you want like some outfits. And I'm like, you oh. could get like a full and um, hear me out, uh-huh. a full denim outfit just okay. for like a you know you go like mm-hmm. a Levi's, you know. Um, I I have a <laughs> I have two <laughs> I bought two shirts from Levi's and two pairs of jeans from them. <laughs> one of one shirt black denim, one pair of pants black denim. Okay. Uh one shirt Bold. Bold. Uh, blue denim, <laughs> one pant blue denim. So I have to mix and match. I can't wear them at the same time. Now, many would argue you shouldn't be wearing denim on denim even if they're different colors, but I do it anyway. <laughs> I um one time we were at lunch and Mark told me that every man needs a denim shirt, like a like a long sleeve like denim uh-huh. shirt. And I was like, and I was a little tipsy at lunch. Uh, this was several years ago before, uh, I think before the pandemic. Um, mm-hmm. And so I just was on my phone. And I'm like, I'm fucking ordering this shirt right yeah. now. Let me get on Levi's.com and I'm going to order this shirt. And I'll be damned, dude. I have that shirt hanging in my like breezeway kind of area. And if I'm if I'm doing a little work around the house and I want to keep the bugs off me or if it's a little chilly out and I put that on, I am feeling very manly. Like you put a denim yeah. like long sleeve shirt over yeah. like a T-shirt and then I am I'm feeling very rugged all of a sudden. I'm feeling like I could take down a tree or two. Mm-hmm. Like I am I am mm-hmm. ready to to fight a raccoon. Like I am it's ready something to about roll. it. That's why that's why Dean Winchester is always wearing a damn denim shirt. Every other episode he's got one on. 100%. It just it just yeah. makes you feel good. It's when he's growing up, both of my parents were just always wearing a oversized denim button up 
over whatever while they were doing chores around the house, whatever. So I feel like it was just it was it was faded that I would follow that same path. I wear it to work sometimes though. I just button it up and act like I'm professional and I am definitely not. But that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I I wish I could figure out what to wear. Like I really do cuz I, well, I, I feel I like I think we just found your answer. You kind of like do like the half the, the half quarter no, roll it up a, to the elbows. It's not a good answer. Um, I, I want to. You know, I, I don't want to go to a social event dressed like I would be cleaning out my garden. You know what I'm saying? Sure. I, also, also I don't I just, want anybody at the social event be... to know that I clean out my garden. <laughs> Please yeah. tell, don't yeah. tell them I said that. Grandma come pick me up at the rat battle. They saw you. They saw. They saw you yeah. drop me off, and they made a devastating <laughs> rhyme about it. That's what just happened. Uh, yeah, we got we got a workshop. What, what are you going to wear? I I mean, I vote putting Skelly on the belly if that's an option. Uh, I mean, it is an option. I, I owned one of those. Autumn owns a uh, a couple of those tank tops that she wears just for uh, like riding and doing like horse stuff with. Um, but also, like, it's weird to wear your own shit to like. There's gonna be other people that podcast there. There's gonna be like sure. my. They are. They know the Skelly. They know the Skelly, and it would be a little weird if I was like, "Yes, <laughs> yeah. I made this on with, with, on my iPad once, and now it's and now it's here at your <laughs> wedding celebration." <laughs> like, yeah, just I'm just me. personally a fan of the Skelly on the belly shirt. Skelly on the Belly shirt does rock. It, it does. It is is a very good shirt. You can get it on on our merch store actually. That's because I never good. made a. You should I, buy that, folks. N- never made a, another version, like another storefront, because I was yeah. just like, God, who who wants to deal with this? Oh um, man, did you beat Zelda? You you said you no, were going to beat Zelda. I I dude, I had this I had this feeling. I was going into my lunch break, and I'm like, I'm going to play some Zelda on my lunch break. And I saved at a place last night. I stopped playing like earlier than I normally would because I was like, Am I going to beat? I'm not ready to, and, and I could have just gone anywhere else and continued playing. But there was a part of me that was just like, "No, just put it down, just put it down and step away." And so I went into it in my lunch break, and I did fight a boss, and it was very climactic. Uh, and then I realized, no, this is not the final boss. Uh, I don't even know if I'm supposed to think it is. <laughs> I think that I'm probably not even close to the ending. <laughs> I just really got ahead of myself there. I mean, for all I know, the next thing I do might be the end of the game. Sure. Um, but when I finished that, I thought, oh, okay. Like, yeah, there's clearly way more of this. I've barely been to the sky. What do I think I'm doing fucking ending the game here? I don't even have a second raw hearts yet. Who do I think I am? Who do you, uh, uh, you know, we, you texted me that today. And we're like, I might be uh, Zelda before we, we record today. And I was like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> like, yeah, who is yeah. this? Who, does, who, who do you think you are I am? You know what I mean? Especially because... Because I have not played Zelda since the last time, excuse me, since the last time we spoke. That's so a I, damn shame. Yeah, I just have not had the time. Like, I just, uh, fucking work, dude. It's a long weekend, though. I'm looking forward to really yeah. digging yeah. in. I feel like this weekend I, is going to um, be the weekend where I, I, like, max out my Zelda time. I'm going to go hardcore. I finally finished the last of, like, the four main temple things you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And I just, I felt so much cleaner after doing those. Because every time I get to it, I would say to this, just last episode, I think, I would just be so annoyed. I'm like, I don't want to deal with this. This is too much pressure. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm going to do something wrong and waste a bunch of time. But I finished the last of that one. And then just was like, I can, I can do anything. I feel so free now. And so I explore, I just started exploring places. And turns out I had only missed like two dragon tears at that point. So I just found the other ones clean that up did all followed that path to to what it leads to um and was just i was really kind of in the zone feeling the story wanting to know what's going to happen um but then i got up to the to the edge thinking am i about to beat it and i wasn't happy i'm not ready and i'm glad that i was proven wrong today when i thought i was going to beat it because i'm not ready to to do that obviously you could probably just keep playing once you beat it and it's not like anybody's forcing me to do it 
but I'm still, I'm just glad. I'm just glad I'm not there yet. It's just too much pressure to be at that moment. I'm worried that um, I'm probably going to put off, I'm going to do this exactly the way I did Breath of the Wild, which is uh, I'll probably go do like the major story events um, because they give you such like valuable um, like gameplay mechanics that yeah, you just, you yeah. just want that you want those to they be in your do. back pocket. Uh, but then I'm just going to put off doing whatever the end quest is until I have I feel like I have explored the entire world. Mm-hmm. I got the hero path the other day. Um, finally did that, and I, I I had greatly missed that for my Breath of the Wild experience. I love being able to pull up on a map and see exactly. Like oh, there's an area that I didn't really walk through. Let me go. Let me go check mm. this out. Let me go see what's. I over love there. that it tells you. It's like this can save up to two thousand three hundred hours of gameplay, or two hundred three two whatever. It saves a lot of gameplay. It's just like we will just track literally everything you do in this game until you've reached a certain save file yes. size, yes. and then we have to start cutting back. And that's fine. Like I'm okay. I don't think I'm. I don't think I'm there yet. So I'm not I'm not too stressed about it. Um, but I'm. I I am. I just, I don't know, man. Like, I'm, I'm just excited to get back to Zelda. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just There's really, two, really excited. two of those Sky Towers that I haven't unlocked yet. Man over here thinks he's about to beat the game. Hasn't unlocked doesn't two even, Sky hasn't Towers Hasn't even yet. revealed the map. Where's your, what's your depth set? Have you explored all of the depths? No. Bro, I've, I've, I've explored maybe 4%. <laughs> if you think the, the upstairs depth. map is big, boy, that downstairs map is crazy. It's, uh, see, upstairs is my biggest problem because... I'm bad at building things that can competently fly, so mm-hmm. I constantly struggle to actually get up to these places. Uh, I can get to those like low-hanging fruits. I can fly to those, but then I can't get up to the to the good stuff up top. You know. So the machine that I think that the internet has decided is the best like flying vehicle um, is you find two fans and one control stick. Uh, have you seen this at all? Am I am I telling you things? That no, you I, have I have okay. not. Okay, so. Uh, Put the control stick attached to, like, attach a fan to it um, at at the back at, like, a 45-degree angle. Uh-huh. So you're going to want to, like, put... Uh, the easiest thing to do is to, like, stack the um, the two fans on top of each other and then rotate the control stick so it's sticking at a 45-degree angle. And then, like, fasten it on that, like, upside down almost. Um, and then, of course, the fan needs to be... F- facing the direction like towards the ground or whatever right uh right. and then put the other one on at like a i think it's like a straight 90 degree angle from the from the front so it's just like a it's a little bicycle basically it's like an air bike um but brother that boy that thing can haul ass if you've got <laughs> she's zooming she's she's zooming? She, she's zooming and she can fly my man she can fucking all right, fly all right the only thing i haven't oh. fi- figured out how, how to competently do yet is land uh okay but, but sure I, but i will say if you have the auto build ability and you save it in your favorites it takes nine zonite to build when, to recreate okay. so even if you just like jump off and just let it fly into the sky it's no big deal <laughs> all right this is very good this is very good to know um oh i actually thought i found a glitch a bug an mm-hmm. error in a shrine i was i had to fly across a, a big gap using a fan and a, and a glider and my first attempt i i fell i didn't i didn't angle it right fell down into the depths link respawns back up top the uh the fan did not respawn and no matter what i did it, it did not respawn so i couldn't complete this challenge you need the fan to get that extra distance and i i don't know if somehow it was maybe like hovering just out of sight but hadn't actually despawned from that original attempt that's the only thing i can think of otherwise the fan just it did not respawn and i could not complete the shrine i had to leave and then come back and then it was it reloaded i messed up again it fell it respawned as it was meant to so this is the only bug or issue that I've run into in the entire game where like something didn't work the way that 
was intended to. Uh, and that still makes me think, oh, I bet it, I bet it was just floating somewhere still and hadn't actually despawned. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's it's it's imp- <laughs> dude, it's impressive that the game does not just crash all the time. Like yeah. especially with the crazy shit people are doing to doing with it. Like you it's... know what wasn't impressive? Mm. The PlayStation Showcase yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I, I think over the last few weeks, I've been saying this that I've been getting myself all like hyped up about video games because of finally playing new stuff like before the showcase yesterday i thought i'm gonna download a bunch of games that like i have for free on playstation plus that i've never touched before stuff that's kind of been on my radar i even downloaded uncharted 4 again i haven't played that in years i don't know why i just was i just thought ooh, what's next sony's gonna show us a bunch of big new toys uh then they didn't then they really didn't, dude. It's they um, showed Spider Man, which looks fucking awesome. I I should go back to that and complete the first game. Spider Man. Uh, other is great. than that, yeah, Spider Man looked, looked amazing. I I just I, give like name another game that they showed. I can barely right. remember a single thing that they did anything with. It was like, and and I'm they showed some cool indies, but like that's not what I was watching that for. And there's this weird part of me that becomes like I'm consumer man, and I just want to be excited about the PlayStation 5's future. Um because half the time I don't even play these games. But it was just, as I was saying to you, before this event started, Steve was telling me, I might buy a PS5 soon. And then after the event, he was like, that event was so bad that I, not I'm not buying happen. a PS5. Um, there's no reason to. So it was weird. I just, But all of that being said, I should have been excited because they showed off the Metal Gear Solid 3 remake. And even that, I'm sort of like, oh, I don't know. I don't fucking know if Konami can pull that off without Kojima. Yeah, I'm... Um you know, I'm, I'm a weird MGS guy. We've talked about that a bunch where I've only yeah. really played one game. Um, and we, we had the idea of like, you know, we should, we should probably stream some of that stuff. It'd be fun to have you Absolutely. watch me fail at that on, on live on stream. Um, and I think that would be the main way that I would want to experience that game. Uh, mm-hmm. But honestly, like even like, I don't, I don't have any like connection with MGS three very much at all. And I just like, I'm, I'm sure everybody's very happy for a remaster. And then I went on Twitter and ever, not everybody was happy about a remaster. <laughs> like it was very funny. Like nobody, everybody was like, Oh, okay. Like, sure. Maybe this can be good, but like nobody has any faith in that company to do anything worthwhile. And it's very hilarious to me, especially after the way that they seemingly did him and his team dirty. But, um, I think that what would satisfy me with that game, actually, this is people were saying, oh, it better not be this. I want it to be like the Shadow of the Colossus remake. That's basically just a reskin, and it's the exact same fucking game in every way, shape, and form. That's actually what I want for Metal Gear Solid. Maybe the gameplay is a little different, but I kind of just want them to reskin it, and then they can't fuck it up if it's just prettier. Yeah, I, I actually, you know, it's interesting because they're they're doing the right thing, I think, which is to bring the um, like the original games back to modern consoles. I think that's always that's actually way more exciting than yeah, even the, if, uh, even if it's just a tiny bit of upres or whatever, even if, even if it's got like old school style like gaming mechanics, I, I don't mind that because it's just that's what that's what a lot of people want is like I want to experience mm-hmm. this exact same thing that I played when I. When, when I I replayed um, Metal Gear Solid two and three last year, and I had to do it on the PS3 because there was no version of that on on PS4. And you could stream Metal Gear Solid four to the PS4, but as I I think I ex- complained specifically about that because it like paused for too long and then it just like closed the game and I didn't get to save, so I just never went back to that. Yeah. PS now sucked. Um, but yeah, they skipped. I mean, it's. I don't want to pull out the PS3 or the Xbox 360 to fucking play these games. So please, just let me play them on my new thing. Yeah, I'm. I'm. It's. It's a general thing that I have issues with. Uh, like, there's no reason in my mind that the Switch doesn't have every single Wii U game available on it. Right. 
um, there's a, specifically Nintendo, mostly first party stuff. Like that's mostly what I'm talking about. There's some third party stuff like JRPGs and, th- and stuff. I think that would be good if they could get it mm-hmm. in the licensing worked out. But like every single PlayStation Four game that I ha- that I owned plays on my PlayStation Five, and I kind of feel like that should be the way it is forever and ever. Amen. It, absolutely. And I am I, I just get real frustrated with some of the stuff when it just doesn't work, uh, and it's like mm-hmm. oh no, and I. The PS3 was such a weird machine, like it, it was, very weird machine. It, it was a, it was a very weird time to be making microchips, and they they really leaned hard on, on some weirdness in that. But uh, I I just man, I just I don't want to. Sh- I don't know. I don't. I don't. I just want to. I just want to own games forever mm-hmm. on my digital mm-hmm. storefront. So that'd be wonderful. Um, the last thing I'll say about Metal Gear, I think the most exciting part of that trailer was you start with the ants. Yeah. Crawling, crawling ants, and then the ants get onto the frog, and they start eating this dead frog, and then all of a sudden a bird swoops down and picks up the frog. When the bird swooped down, I went, oh, fuck, this is Metal Gear Solid 3. And I've never been more proud of myself than identifying it that early on. The tree frog should have been the dead giveaway, because in the Snake Eater song, the funniest line is talking about how some days you feed on a tree frog. It <laughs> really really stands out, because you're like, is this, oh, this is like a serious like Bond theme, but yeah. they mention tree frogs in it. Uh but yeah, that bird is the 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 end. Bo- the, the boss whose name is the end. That's uh-huh. his little bird. Um, apparently, you can also see the the Shagohod, which is the Metal Gear from that game. You can see it off in the distance if you like pause it at the right moment. Um, so there's some little Easter eggs in there. But it doesn't it doesn't hit like a like a eight minute Kojima trailer. Phantom Pain Kojima yeah. trailer where they're playing some New Order song or something. <laughs> some fucking B cut from 1962. Yeah. Yeah. Some man ro- just saying a bunch of words. You don't know what the fuck he's talking about, but you're into it. I have said this many times. The metal. I loved Metal Gear Solid Five. The gameplay of that was incredible, but. I, I liked the trailers for that game more than I ended up liking the actual game, just because I, I got so that. fucking excited. I got yeah. so wrapped up in the hype. Um, I, um, anyway, the the trailer, the Metal Gear trailer, specifically when it started with the ants, I almost texted you, but it was going by too fast, and I think I was like forty five seconds behind you anyway for whatever reason. Like my stream seemed a little delayed, and I like as soon mm-hmm. as I saw the ants and it like does like the weird zoom to the bird, I was like, this feels like somebody trying to do Kojima trailers. Like I, that's oh, that yeah. was that was yeah. my first thought is like this feels like somebody trying to get that and it just like immediately you could tell it wasn't there but they were like really trying Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's very funny video games they're not back they're not they're not back they're not back they're not back we are not Mm -hmm. back (laughs) we're not back fellas you're so not back (laughs) i saw uh is it keza mcdonald i think keza Uh keza she's the um games writer for the guardian uh and long long time um just just a great person all around keza is uh she was talking about uh, the fact that, like, if this was a real E3 event, that mm. they would have scheduled appointments with journalists to so that the journalists would be able to, uh, if not see these demos a little bit before or see them after or see them in more detail or see closed door demos that they're not quite ready to bring to the public or talk to the developers or even maybe put some hands on time with some of these, like, early access games and bring to the public, like, a more nuanced opinion about some of this stuff because she said like if you look around like nobody's really excited about just like a an hour-long sizzle reel of trailers like there's nothing yeah. there's nothing it was to just latch an hour-long commercial we don't know yeah. anything about any of these games and that's the thing is like the the part that she was missing for her, and of course she's a gaming journalist so obviously right. she wants gaming journalism to be a thing but it's just it's one of those things i didn't think that i would miss from e3 but it i kind of thought about it and i was like man do you remember when they revealed like eld the elden ring trailer 
and mm-hmm. people were so excited about it. And like a couple of days after that, we started getting these interviews with Miyazaki talking about like the themes of the game and like what they were going to do. And like all of that stuff got me even more excited about Elden Ring than the, than the trailer did. Cause all of a sudden there was this possibility space there and none of that exists for like Alan Wake two or, or if it does, like mm-hmm. I have to go to their Twitter feed, right? Like I'm not right. going to, I'm not right. going to go to Remedy's Twitter feed to find out information about Alan Wake. You have 2. to go look at more marketing. Like yeah. I, the final fantasy 16 event, just uh, everybody like the embargo on that left it. So like tons of reviews or like previews went up and it was interesting to watch that. You know, I'm, I'm excited for the game, but then people also offering an early criticism like, oh, there's maybe some performance issues, issues, or there's this or that, or I didn't really vibe with this tone of it, but it seems like it's, it's, it already gave off of an impression that's so much deeper than just look at a trailer, look at the commercial, watch the marketing. Um, and obviously, they're still doing events like that. They're still having people come and check that stuff. But E3, we, we are losing something with E3. Yeah, I think so, too. And I... Um... Man, I I don't want to tell anybody not to be excited about something, but if you would, when they showed that Final Fantasy 16 trailer, I was like, I thought that that was, I think somebody, I think Kyle in the chat said um, something about like he thought it was like one of those offshoot games. Yeah, <laughs> um, it seems like everybody was really sour on that particular trailer, and, and I was, it came right after Metal, I wasn't even paying attention, honestly. <laughs> um, and I wonder, I, I need to go back and watch him, like, what was it with this one that like, everybody kind of didn't like it? It was too much. Like, it was it yeah. was too much garbage. It, I felt like, it, not I say too much garbage, but it was like too many dudes talking about proper nouns, and it I showed... hate, dude, I hate <clears throat> dudes talking about proper nouns. I actually prefer the Kojima thing where I go, what is this dude even saying? Yeah. I haven't heard a single proper noun this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I it just it was I, I legitimately thought and I think the there's something I always expect Final Fantasy to be like really overwhelming graphically mm-hmm. and like the stuff I saw from the Final Fantasy 7 remake very much that very much yeah. that um, even Final Fantasy 15 looked like it was scaled up but this I, I just thought it was like I don't know. I was like, oh, is this some like free to play thing? Like, is this a Final Fantasy 14 situation? Like, before they, I had no idea, no context for it, but I just thought it really, really looked pretty rough. I actually, yeah, the first time we ever saw a trailer for it, I thought it looked really bad. I had no interest in it until I heard the music, and the music always gets me a little bit. But it's a mainline Final Fantasy game. At this point, I'm still excited. Sure. But, um, you played 15, right? You were were all in. I did play 15. The whole, like, first, I think I, in two weeks, played 40 hours of that game and beat it. Like, I was really into it. Um, but then never touched it again. Sure. And I have like reinstalled it several times. Like, oh, I'm going to play that deal. No, I've never gone back to it. Um, it just didn't It didn't have that staying power. Even Final Fantasy 13, I've played three times. <laughs> like any very Final Fantasy I've played, I've played more than once because I love those games. 15 kind of just like came and went for me. Although I know that there's like a ton of people who are like absurdly obsessed with it. Um, I think the thing that was a nail in the coffin for me with that game was that it's unfinished. They had a whole planned DLC that was going to finish out the story and do all this, and then they never did it. So, never did it, yeah. Um, when that happened, I was like, okay, I think I'm good to never go back. <laughs> but yeah, well, I guess we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I don't think that this is going to like knock our socks off the way that um, uh, Zelda just has. No. But and that's, it's that is really i think the problem of the sony thing is that it's mm-hmm. timed right after something an incredible like game like zelda which i feel like brings magic back to gaming without trying mm-hmm. to sound like like way way um up my own ass i guess but like right. the the idea when you saw the first demo of them saying like oh link can fuse something to his sword and it makes it more powerful i was like what could this possibly and then as you get into the actual full game and you realize like oh this opens up 
everything. <laughs> like you can do, you can, it gives you like this this complete fucking playground to go go crazy in without like sacrificing any of the story stuff or without sacrificing any any anything else. And it's just it just it just really is like this huge area to explore. There's all this stuff. It feels good in the hands. The music's good. It's filled with this weird. How is the president standing? Like I just I, yeah. I love it it's, so much. And it's it's it hard bring, to it's look like at a magic is the right trailer. word, but it's not like that like whimsical like I'm so interesting. Like, yeah, it isn't no, not up at all. its own ass. No, it's a video game ass <laughs> video game. Like, yeah. I saw a tweet today that was like, the best shield durability you can get is by dropping a piece of meat, freezing it, fusing it to your shield, and you can surf for hours without ruining your durability. <laughs> and I was like, what? I didn't even know. Why would you even freeze meat? I didn't even know that was like, what can you even do that? <laughs> I don't Did know. Did you see that somebody made a lawnmower today so they could harvest all like the herbs you get from the grass? From Excellent. grass. My favorite, my favorite machine that I've seen so far is probably well. There's a lot of like you know boxes to kill, like t- torture yeah. devices, basically for uh, all of the goblins in the world. But um, it was a ship that they had fastened some shockers onto, uh, and so they just put it in the water. Uh, went to an area where they, if you watched like the birds or whatever, that's how you can see like schools of fish, uh, and mm. turned on the the electric shockers. Uh, and just and it had like a big scooper up front and just fucking electrified oh all of the fish and it just scooped it all up to where Link could just pick up all of these fish and I was like this Dude, is fucking amazing this is so good uh, the uh, uh, can I tell you a, a cool trick I saw the other day that I can't wait to try out hit, hit me with it, the it, trick it might ruin some Korok stuff for you because I think it's gonna make it so shit. easy um, <laughs> you know a lot of times you stumble upon the Korok and it's like get me over there or one of like the shrine puzzles where you have to get a rock like way back mm-hmm. to, through a series of events just all you have to do <laughs> take out an arrow fasten a pile of wood to it because that you know oh you could just fuse a pile of wood zip it over there with your bow jump over fuse the korok or the sphere or whatever to the wood and then uh recall the arrow back to where you were to begin oh with god. oh my god <laughs> it just zips back lickety split it's like, it's all, and it just as soon as you were halfway through that sentence, I was like, it just fucking works. This game just fucking works. <laughs> it just fucking works. It's so good. All right, we're 25 oh, minutes in. We should, we should talk Jesus about something Lord, that's okay. not Last time on Merlin. Berlin, Berlin. Me, my-